NBA players. Like, I don't know about how firm they are, like what they do here. But Rodney Hood, a Cleveland Cavalier, who the other night in uh, game number four, the win number four, the sweep there, um, I the rumor had been that he had refused to go into the game late in the game. And a lot of people said, well, it's garbage minutes. And, uh, you know, who would want to go in there? And I'm like, well, my thing is, dude, you do what you're told there. And yeah, but more of this Rodney Hood story starting to come out now. Like what like what's happening here? Um, As far as I read yesterday, there was two different. Well, three different real thoughts is number one. Screw the guy. You know, he did this because he's a baby or he did this because, you know, he's entitled or he didn't want to play or whatever. That OK, was now I, I guess I left this part out. They are not going to punish Rodney Hood. They are not going to punish Rodney Hood. Okay, and he now, has, that's he ha- a head scratcher for me. He has apologized to the team. He has apologized to his, his coaching staff. He has apologized to the organization. So okay. like that's that's all happened. They've announced they're not doing anything with him. Um so one school of thought was like F the guy. Another 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 theory that I kind of saw um was that he was tight. Like he wasn't loosened up ready to play and that's why he said no, I can't go in right now. And I know that kind of sounds bunk like dude, you're a pro athlete. Ante Zizic just sitting right there doing the same thing you are. How is he ready to go when you're not? But there's a little bit of me that's like well his body different than mine. right well if 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 your back tightens up or whatever because you're sitting on the bench for that long and like it feels it, like an excuse it does it feels like an excuse to me but if that is the case if you don't feel physically prepared to go into the game from a professional athlete standpoint i understand that i understand why you would say like mm, no the other thing that i saw i don't is, know if i buy it the other thing that I saw is that, um, and this is well known amongst people, you know, that that would know stuff like this, is that Rodney Hood has some uh, anxiety, mental health issues, and uh, it, that was the other thing was that we're like, well, if he wasn't in the right headspace there, then that not necessarily the same thing as an injury, but adjacent to an injury, right there. Okay, here's what I think happened. Okay, and this is, and honestly, and I think this is why the Cavs are not going to punish him because I think you'll be crucified if you do it. I think he probably, this is just speculation, but I think Rodney Hood probably went the anxiety route knowing that you can't really question it and you can't be like, suck it up and play because that's not the decade we're in anymore. This is not that decade, right? And so I think it's probably very likely that he does, in fact, have this issue but it was garbage time minutes. He didn't want to go in the game because he felt like you're only putting me in here because it's this. And I know I can lean on this, and I know you can't say anything about it. It it feels to me like he used something he legitimately has as an as a crutch here. The Cavs have stated they are not viewing Hood's decision as an act of defiance. Um, and Lou did not take it. Coach Lou did not take it as a personal slight. I agree with you there that, yes, very much it does. Probably some, really has There's it. something about it that doesn't necessarily pass the smell test to me. And you're right. When Kevin Love and Kyle La- or DeMar DeRozan are doing those NBA mental health commercials, you're right. That is something you could theoretically hide behind as like, For sure. well, you know, hey, this is this is what's going on. NBA cares. This, this is what's going on with me right now. Um, but I, I think more than anything, what I like about this as 
you know, as, as, as Warriors and Rockets have now cemented their place in the Western Conference Finals, it looks like Boston will do the same in the Eastern Conf- Conference Finals tonight. What I like about this is that the Cavaliers are moving on quickly. They're not going to let this become the story. They're not going to let this become like the overwhelming, well, hey, hey, we're moving on. And if the media continues to talk about it, fine. Well, they're but- going to because they don't have anything else to talk about until they play again. And it, it was never really going to be the overtaking story because he's not good enough. He's not a right. big en- he's not a big enough piece. Much like much like the backup quarterback controversies that we always talk about is like you don't want your you don't want your backup quarterback to be the mm-hmm. source of 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 a headache here. I would agree you don't with that. you don't want your you know, you don't want some dude seventh in rotation off the bench to be the story. Cavs are like, "Nope, we're good. We're fine. We're moving on." You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I didn't think he was going to be the story just because I don't think he was big enough. It's just it I I did hear teammates were upset about it. I wonder what their take is now that now that they're hearing more and more stuff come out. Although you would have thought that they would have known all that stuff before, but who knows. I uh it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. It is weird. I mean, we saw this happen with Kevin Love where he like went out of a game and people like the entire city turned on him. Everybody was turning on him. And so I, I think it's interesting now that the, everybody isn't just now. But again, you, you need Kevin Love. Like, you absolutely need Kevin Love. Not sure you absolutely need Rodney Hood there. There's another sports thing that I found very, very interesting this morning. No team thus far, 32 of them, well, 31 since he was just recently with the Dallas Cowboys, is interested thus far in picking up Des Bryant. And I can't for the life of me figure this out. I hear there's locker room issues, there's cancerous issues. Now, I worry with Des Bryant what that is, is big, loud, outspoken African-American sometimes gets labeled as cancer, where sometimes Gronkowski is frat boy and fun. Did you see him firing that machine gun yesterday? Yeah. Good Lord, dude. Again, again, make that Des Bryant. And, oh. what, <laughs> and, and, what's, and what's Twitter's reaction? That's, I mean, there is, I mean, dude, again, I'm a guy that hates when people go to the race card when they don't absolutely have to, but to, to deny the fact that there are perception issues with black athletes versus white athletes and certain behavior, it would be crazy. That would be disingenuous to any conversation we have. And so I, I wonder, is Des Bryant really a locker room cancer? Or, I mean, if you're the Cleveland Browns, Des Bryant doesn't help you win three games? He doesn't? I think he does. Well, as far as I'm seeing here, and this is from an article talking about Troy Aikman's reaction to Des Bryant and him okay. not getting any, uh, him not signing with a team yet. Um, it seems that the Baltimore Ravens reached out and offered a three-year, twenty-nine million dollar deal, which he turned down. Wow! And he so- t- he turned down because he is looking exclusively for a single-year deal. That's oh. that's that's his, his oh, hang up. Okay, here. so this is on Des Bryant. Okay, all right, okay. All right. I just I for me I was like, I don't get it. Like I know he's no longer the Des Bryant he was probably five years ago, but if you're the Cleveland Browns Of course, one hundred percent if you're the Cleveland Browns. And if he's looking for a one year deal, dude, throw the money at him. Throw it. the worst case scenario here. Browns have so much money, it's ridiculous. Dude, Landry Gordon. Bryant, if you could get that done, and and, and you got to think. I mean, the Browns definitely one of the teams right now. Like I said, with with the ability and the money to to sign the guy, um, and a bunch of talented young wide receivers, whatever that kid's name is that they just drafted, um, and you throw all those guys in there together, and now you have a legit star wide receiver to kind of show them the ropes, show them this is how you do it, show them this is how you how, how you. I think it's a great idea. Oh, dude, we got to talk about this too. I forgot about this yesterday. You actually started this whole. Whole mess yesterday. Okay. 
with Baker Mayfield's girlfriend. Yeah. So she's laying in her bed. Yeah. And she posts this photo. Was it Instagram, Twitter? Snapchat, one, one of them. One of them right? And she like writes on the screen, woke up to an empty bed because Baker Mayfield's up like studying the playbook. And you love this move. I did. I hate this move. Okay, tell me why. Your take is normally people look at like the, the like the athlete girlfriends and go, ah, she's just a, like an arm piece of candy. Right. And, like, so look how hot she is or look how crazy she is. Those are the two things we think about athletes, girlfriends, and That's wives. a fair assessment. That is kind of what we do. So you kind of like this as like, look, she's doing the right thing here, right? She's doing the right thing. The thing I like about it is that she knows the perception that Baker Mayfield is Johnny 2.0. I think she knows that. I think he knows that. I'm sure everyone in his camp knows that. By her sending this out, she's essentially disproving that. You know, Baker Mayfield up early doing his thing, up before I even get out of bed. Now, if it was 2.30 in the morning and she was posting pictures of them out at the bar, because then it turns into, uh, Johnny 2.0, look at him out there. Look at him. He's out there. He's out there. He's, he's, what is he? What is, is that a swan? Is that a rolled up dollar bill? What do we got going on over there? I, okay. I think that was a great partner move from her. Like a great, like, I see the problem and I'm going to do something about it. I don't like it. I, I, this is, do women are going to have an issue with this. I want the wives and girlfriends to stay out of it. I, dude, just stay out of it. I, and I've said that about what I do. And when I'm in a relationship, look, like, cause women, they, they like you, they love you, they want to, you know what I mean? They want to defend you when, and if you have a public eye job, people come after you, and it's their instinct to, to take up for somebody that they care about. That's the human instinct. It's not a woman's instinct, that's a human instinct, right? And but my thing is is always is like I get it, but this is not your career. It is mine. I will handle. And dude, I know it sounds like I'm telling women to know their place. I know that, but and I don't think. Here's my thing. I am all for when I get home from work. If there's an issue, what's going on with me? Let's we're a team. We're a unit. Let's talk about it together. But then I will execute said play. It just, dude. If if you allow, my my fear is this, Phantom, that nothing she did th- th- with this post is egregious at all. It's actually kind of nice, right? But my problem is, is that if you allow this behavior to happen in this space, she will eventually post the thing that does get you in trouble. You gotta know that. Um, I I I would say if if this was like I said, an example of them out at the bar. Then I would be like, yeah, this is where we're getting into trouble here. I, it seems to me, from, from at least from the, the, the small piece of evidence that I saw, is that she's savvy enough to understand the, her role in that position. It's not like she's complaining about, like, boy, boy, I saw that Browns playbook. No wonder they went 0-16 last year. Well, this that, was, I would agree. I mean? that, was, better than that. This, this wasn't a football thing. This was just a, like, oh, I love my boyfriend. And here, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think this was in the right for it, her. It's also how most young people act these days with these platforms. And just because her boyfriend is going to be a professional athlete, I can't expect her to be different than any other. I don't know how old she is. 26, 27-year-old woman is. I, she could Tw- be younger. 21, 22. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, I, well, Mayfield's what, 21, 22? Yeah, but you know, I yeah. don't know about people. So, right? And so, like, I don't know. All right, so let's call right, whatever she is. I can't expect her to be that much different than, it's, than a standard 23-year-old woman. However, you do have to get smart pretty fast about what you're doing. And my thing is, is I feel like this is one of these moments where we're looking at this, and today it's great because she did the right thing. But if you allow this kind of behavior to continue and fester, you're only inviting trouble and I worry that sooner or later she will do the wrong thing here. Look, dude, Brady's got five rings, is it? And Giselle 
constantly screwing up with social media and him. Remember the concussions? Tom's had how many concussions? Dude, the wives, every time they get involved in it, dude, it's only normally problematic. So I like it because she exposed something that, yes, he's doing. Plus, how do we know he was? How do we know he wasn't in the Even bathroom? Even if it was all fake, dude. Even if he was laying right next to her, the fact that they had the foresight to look down the field and try to avoid this problem, I like it. I will say about Baker, it does seem like not only does he want to win, but he feels like it's his responsibility to prove to you he is not Manziel, and that I do like. I guess he was at some Browns, or not, I don't want to say a reception, but some sort of like happy hour or something like that yeah. and a bunch of like Browns VIPs MVPs you know guys from the past were like hey man we're going out let's go do this he, he turned them up. all down turned yeah. them all down like dude I got stuff to take care of I like it I do I like I'm it I'm turning around on him dude I, I am, really am I, here's the thing I was net I, I was surprised they took him at one it wasn't what I would have done I have always been hopeful but so far thus far this kid has done everything the way I would want him to do it and so my thing is just because I didn't want him at one doesn't mean he's not a number one talent. And I can't wait to be wrong about something. I can't wait. I want him to be the savior of this thing because somebody's got to do it sooner or later. And thus far, I mean, very early, Baker Mayfield's done more good than he has done bad thus far. To Yeah, I agree. I'm starting to turn all the way around on the kid. And... I don't hate this out of his girlfriend. I just feel like in six months we're going to be having a different conversation when she screws it up. You're shot at $1,000 every single hour on the program. First one right now. 06.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. 7.10 will pass out another $1,000, and at 8.30 I have to do something I don't want to do. Okay. I have to defend a Baltimore Raven. Okay. <laughs> I do. All right. But I got to get the back of a Baltimore Raven. 8.30 is being unfairly attacked. I don't like it. We'll do that around 8.30. I feel like I've been pretty clear about how I feel about travel. As a matter of fact, I know one of the best ofs that we ran this morning from 5 to 6 actually was talking about moving around traveling. I feel right. very strongly in it. I feel very strongly that I have always said there are certain U.S. cities that if you live in this country, you should absolutely, you must see them. I believe that New York and Los Angeles are the brain and the heart of this operation and that you should be able to, you should see those things that they are, there's so much of your life is influenced by those two locations that you should see them and, and, and absorb what they're about. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, I, th- I think, you know, Washington, D.C. would certainly make that list for me. And well, even- I'm not done. I oh, got okay. so, so, yeah, I got, yeah, no, I got New York. I got L.A. I feel like Washington, D.C. is on that list. I feel like Vegas is on that list just because the spectacle it is. And I always throw this one in here just because I went twice and it's so much more than people think it is. And that's New Orleans. That city is so much more than people think. People just think beads and that's it. That city is so much more than that. New Orleans is a great place to be. And so I believe strongly in travel. I believe strongly in living in other places because I believe living around different kinds of people helps mold your ideas differently than they would have been had you just stayed where you grew up your entire life. Yeah, I think people get very comfortable, very complacent with where they are in life. And getting outside of that realm kind of does open you up to new things. And, dude, that's one of the great blessings of this country. You list off all those cities, and certainly, dude, I mean, yes. 
cities are a huge part of it. There's so many other great things to see. I think people do get stuck in the, well, this is where I live, this is where I am, and this is where I'm going to be. So it's like, well, you're not going to experience all yeah. like, everything we have to offer. Well, it's a big place. It's a big store. You can't afford everything you want. That I understand. Yeah. There are certain things, though, like, again, much like I think the Grand Canyon is something you should see. Um, again, you like I was one of those people very guilty of, oh, it's a hole in the ground. And then I got there and I was like, oh, my God, the earth is like the last thing that can really wow you. Right. So much is on your screen. When you actually see something, you're like, oh, Jesus, if you've never seen an ocean. And I know that sounds ridiculous to you or I, but like there are people listening right now who have never been to the ocean. That's crazy. Go, dude. Go, go live that. Go, go experience it. Like stand next to it and just be like, oh, my God, honestly. The ocean is one of those things I miss terribly about living out west. As a matter of fact, when I lived in Oregon, I wasn't close to the ocean. Like where I lived, I was not close to it. But knowing that it was an hour and 20 minutes away made me feel so much better. Because on the weekend, I'd be like, all right, you know what? Saturday, I'm getting in the car. I'm getting the hell out of here, dude. I'm going to the beach for the day. I'm going to the coast, which, by the way, the Oregon coast is beautiful. Now, I bring all this up because a woman is kind of pulling the Forrest Gump move here. Okay. Where she's going to rollerblade. She is rollerblading. Right. What is it, 1994? Okay. From Miami to New York. And then once she gets to New York, she'll take a little break there, obviously. And then she's going to rollerblade from New York to Los Angeles. So essentially rollerblading from what? Miami to Los Angeles. It's going to be 6,000 miles. Jesus, that's a long, that's a long way. That's a long stretch there. Now she's doing it to raise awareness and money um, for, for, for young women's charities and like that kind of thing. And she says she's not taking any money with her and she's going to rely on people's kindness. And this is the best decade ever to do this in, because if you start tweeting this, if you start promoting this, you start doing this, people will be waiting in these states, in these cities for you to get there. There'll be people on the side of the road handing you bottles of water, handing you vegan muffins or whatever the hell else it is you need to rollerblade across the country. She's going to get this done. I would say yes, but the thing I would say is I feel like it's kind of a a, a, a crowded field in, in this world because like a prime example of this is... Um, we've got a buddy, Ricky Smith, yeah. who does something comparable to this, not on rollerblades, but in a car. And he goes from it's, it's his random acts of kindness everywhere tour every summer. And that's still a challenge for him to get done with a big nonprofit behind him. You know what I mean? And like, I, I don't know. I feel like there's so many GoFundMes and so many people trying to do stuff like this. This probably is just going to get brushed by the wayside by the time she gets to Kansas. You know what I mean? <sighs> okay. Without throwing Ricky under the bus. I wonder how much of that is. Is it still a real struggle to get it done? I think, yes, ultimately it's always going to be. Or is that also how you keep people engaged in what you're doing? Right? Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I mean, he always makes it. So I, I, I don't know if it's as, as by the skin of his teeth as we sometimes hear or would think. Or maybe I think it's also part of the you got to keep people engaged in what you're doing every day. I think that that might be part of that where I enough to where I don't think she can't get this done. I mean, here she is. She was from North Carolina. 
She's going to, you know, from Miami to New York, and here we are talking about what a what a. I mean, and I guess maybe the rollerblading is a part of the like, hey, get attention on this because it's not in a car, it's not on a bike, it's not even walking, it's something a little bit different. But like, I wonder how many pairs of rollerblades she's going to have to go through because I mean, those things aren't going to last you more than I would say a couple of miles. Like the the wheels are going to start to, you know what I mean? Like you're not going to put a thousand miles on a pair of rollerblades. I, I don't, don't think. Know. Well, I mean, I don't know how many miles can you put on a on, on a set of you know. Um, skateboard wheels. I don't know. I wouldn't think a thousand. I could be one hundred percent wrong on that, but I'm sorry. But I mean, they're like plastic wheels. Yeah, you know? but they're little, and you get a wrench, and you. I mean, right? She could have like four sleeves of them in a backpack, I, I right? Yes. Yeah. I guess. Have you ever rollerbladed? Oh, of course, man. I mean, dude, I was, I was around in the nineties. I was doing my thing. It's so hard. <laughs> it is so. Hard. I can't do it. I can't ice skate either. Oh, I, I felt like rollerblading I could do. Ice skating I have a harder time with. Maybe it's just because I'm older now. If I would have tried when I was 10, maybe I, I, I would have been able to do it. Um, but I don't know, dude. Maybe if I did put on a pair of rollerblades right now, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, I don't I, even know where you buy them. Like, where would you get those? Dude, I fell down so many times <laughs> trying to do that. That and ice skating both. I'm terrible at that. I'm being asked because we were talking about you know travel a little yeah. bit. That, that, that What about um, Mount Rushmore? This guy, he, he says, I hear it's underwhelming. Here's what I'll say. When you get to Mount Rushmore, it's not as big as you think it's going to be because of the photos you've seen in it and your history books when you were a kid. But people who are underwhelmed by that, I think, forget the perspective of looking at what was done when it was done. And the fact that that was able to be done that well, it's still massively impressive. And isn't like a part of that experience everything that's around it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should be able to appreciate, like, the, you know... It's beautiful country. Right. They call it God's country when you get into places like that where you don't see buildings and billboards. That's what they call it. You know what I mean? God's country. And I found Mount Rushmore, yes, when I walked up on it, I was like, oh, it's kind of little. But then when... But once I stopped and actually, like, looked at it and, like, looked at it through the filter of, dude, somebody had to do that. Like, that wasn't like, dude, a 3D printer didn't print that out. You know what I mean? Somebody did that, and then it becomes really impressive on that level once you actually see it. I would full-on recommend going to see Mount Rushmore. I'm actually very happy I went and saw it the two times that I did get to go do that. More Stansberry Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9.710. You get hooked up with $1,000. Mm-hmm. Are we just handing that out? We just Can I get that? Is no, that no? You're, you're, you're not allowed. Son of a bitch, man. I need it. So they are uh, nostalgia strikes again. Okay, here we go. And there, there's there's no money to be lost here in, in, in taking people back to when they felt younger yeah. or when you were younger. There's no money to be lost in that. I um I had my windows down the other day and I was listening to new music and I'm like no dude make listen to something that makes you feel young watch something that makes you feel young like it's like, it's intoxicating all of a sudden I was like dude yeah you're 19 and listen to the Deftones again which by no, the way no, yesterday when I was like leaving the golf course and it was all four windows down right? music cranked up uh, dude how beautiful. good is it that beautiful I never think about leaving Ohio when the weather's nice the moment it snows I'm like get me the hell out of here stupid state <laughs> I just like I yeah that, I am that way but nostalgia is striking again. Okay. And watch now as I will get labeled a hater yet again <laughs> because there's a movie coming out that I don't care a single bit about. Now I'm going to discuss this because you all will care. Yeah. I don't at all. Yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure nice. number three. Nice. 
It will come now after 27 years. I was going to say, dude. I mean, what was it? 90, 89, 90 when, when the first one came out? It's so, well, again, and I get them confused. Excellent Adventure was first. Bogus Journey is number two right there. Dude, I, I was a big fan. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, fig- <laughs> I figured. I figured. So full disclosure, I have seen both these movies. Can't remember them from Adam, really. I know the one has to give like some big presentation at the very end of yeah. the first movie, right? Or whatever. And, and, uh, yeah, the first one, they're going to fail history class, and then they have to go back in time. And is then it, the, the next one, they have to go forward in time. Is it Santima's High School Football Rocks? Indeed. Okay. indeed or yeah. rules. rules well, yeah. maybe, maybe it's rules. Okay. Yeah, so I remember that. <laughs> Full disclosure. These were movies that while watching them with my friends growing up, I pretended to like more than I did because everyone else because I didn't want to hear about how you don't like cool things. <laughs> Stansberry, an old man, even at age ten, dude, just an old man. I have been a contrarian. <laughs> my look it up, look it up, millennial. <laughs> I have, but I, I have been a contrarian my entire life. I just have. There is there is something about me where if everybody loves it, I have to go. Why? Why? What? What? Like, I, I, it makes me suspicious when everybody loves everything. Yeah, and I, I understand that. I think a lot of people have that the zig when everyone else is zagging thing. There. Um. Sometimes I worry that people write themselves out of things that they would like or potentially could like just because it's like, well, dude, well, yeah, Nickelback. So you know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you know what I mean? Like, there's truth in that. But I've seen these movies a handful of times. They're okay. not that great. Right. Like, here, you just <laughs> said you don't remember them. How would you know? There, I, because I well, I've seen them a couple of times, and if they were that great, I would have remembered them, right? I uh, dude, I can remember every scene in Goodfellas. You know why? Because it was good. <laughs> that that's why I can remember. Actually, dude, oh, dude, you're gonna beat me over the head with some Bill and Ted audio. Oh God! Epic air oh yeah, heads. that's right, the air guitar, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my God, so cheesy. Two epic airheads with Joan of Arc, Noah's wife. <laughs> danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow, Ted. Here's the other thing with these movies. <laughs> Here's the other thing. What's the thing? Tell no, me what the thing this is. is. What I, this is what's dangerous about these kinds of movies. <laughs> dangerous. They're out to get you. Dangerous. No. If I was to take the Bill and Ted's movies and put them in a time capsule, and this is what aliens were to find. They would think that's what you actually spoke like in the late 80s to early 90s. Nobody ever said heinously. That's not the, you know what I mean? That's like when you go back and like the one movie was like, that's tubular. Nobody you knew said tubular ever. Not once. One time traveling telephone booth. Oh, God, yeah, the telephone booth. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. No, lightning. And then George Carlin, right? Beers, please. Could be such an excellent adventure. Who's here? It's Billy the Kid. Don't worry, I'll bring you back here. As soon as you talk, and I'll report. Socrates. Philosophize with him. All we are is dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Those are historical. Babes. Alex Winter. It's a history report, not a babe report. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dude! Oh my god. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. 69, dude! Oh my god. Uh, more than anything about that, boy oh boy, do I miss like old school trailers of like coming in a, the- a theater near you. Instead of nowadays where they just play like a down tempo acoustic version of some sad song and everyone's like, oh, it's gonna be so deep. I 
love that cheesy voice. Here's a bunch of punchlines. Oh, hit you with it, dude. I, not me. I was a fan of that, dude. I like that. No. I, I, that makes me want to see a movie. Give me the deep voice. Forget everything you've ever known. <laughs> I, give me that guy. Like the oh my god, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I I need that guy. I. Uh, a couple of uh, observations here. Okay. A, how lucky did Alex Winter get? Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he, which he, one was he? Is he Bill or is he Ted? He's Ted. He was the blonde one. Obviously, Keanu Reeves. He he has to be like just 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 filleting Keanu right now. Like, dude, thank you so much for this payday. You have every other opportunity in the I'd world. I'd rather watch that. I have nothing, and thank you. If he's not grateful, he needs to be. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I just looked him up on IMDb. He's nothing. done nothing <laughs> since the Bill and Ted nothing. cartoon. Nothing. Like, I, I forgot there Jesus. was a cartoon. There was a cartoon. Here's my other observation on, on Bill and Ted's like excellent bogus journey 14 or whatever the hell this thing's going to be called, right? 33 and a third. It'll, uh, so it, 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 here's my thing. Super Troopers 2, yeah. 15, 17 years, right? right. After the, the original movie, all the hype. Hype, 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 hype. Trailer had me wanting to go see it. Movie came out last month. I I don't hear a single person talk about it. I don't hear yeah. anybody quoting yeah. it. I think, dude, these movie studios might have to realize. Dude, if if Bill and Ted don't come dressed as Iron Man, nobody cares about this movie. Dude. Like you got to get him in the Iron Man suit. Dude. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally I totally can see what you're saying there. I mean, nostalgia, and I think Scott from Waiting for Next Year earlier this week brought up a great point with it. Um, nostalgia, it's less about what you remember and more about what you forget. Yes, and there's money in that. And if it can do, if it can, it, because I think I think part of the problem with Super Troopers is it was just a funny movie. Bill and Ted's locked in time. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like Bill and Ted very much represents that early '90s, and if 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 I'm seven, right. if I'm 17 in 1991, and I can all of a sudden feel like that again, there's money to be made in that. I think it's going to be weird when Keanu Reeves is 55, trying to be like, "Whoa, bro, tubular," <laughs> and like in the, I think it's gonna, I think the jokes are gonna play hor- horrifically, and. Um, I, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I, uh, I, I think it's dumb. Until they advertise. I'm going to be like, dude, best, movie, best ever. movie Go see best it. Best movie ever. I'm being asked about this. They said, I know it's a superhero movie, but Deadpool 2 comes out next week. I wondered what you think of it. So the first Deadpool movie I liked. I did. I liked it. Second one looks good. Second one looks like it will be all right. I, again, though, don't get off on a superhero being able to use the F word. So if that's what they're going to bank on, on it just being vulgar for the sake of being vulgar, then I'm not going. I like That joke will, will wear thin on me in movie number two. It was all right in movie number one, but if that's solely what this is, it, that joke will fall very flat on me very early in movie number two. Your shot at $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got... Get in on this. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9 there. As you hear Limp Biscuit break stuff, Anton and I were actually just talking about this. Dude, I love that band. They're great, man. I love that band. Like, that's it's an unpopular opinion to have. Like, people will admit, like, well, I like break stuff. All right. But, like, Fred Durst got so much hatred when that band was hot. And um, they're one of those things, man, where I just kind of got it always. Like, I thought the first album, $3 Bill, y'all, was Phenomenal. way better than people think it is. Phenomenal. Way better. What a great cover of Faith was on that record. Um, There's a bunch of other good stuff on it, too. And then Significant Other comes, and you get Nookie, you get Break Stuff. 
Um, there was a couple other songs, and then the Chocolate Starfish comes out with Rollin' and all. dude, that band was that band was great. Yeah, I mean when 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 that first album great's dropped, great's getting carried away. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say they had a great run in them. I don't know how they sound today, but when that first album came out, and remember Pollution, and like the first time I listened to that yeah. cassette, I was like, oh my god, I'm like 12 years old. Just it's this new world to me, man. I love Limp Bizkit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm actually a pretty big fan. I uh Nothing I, but Limp Bizkit the rest of the day, baby. And again, I saw them on the Summer Sanitarium tour yeah. with Metallica. I tell the story all the time. And the Deftones opened, then um and then Lincoln Park played, and then it was uh it was Limp Bizkit, then Metallica, right? I'm a huge Deftones fan. Mm-hmm. This show was at OSU, mm-hmm. the shoe, right? That stage swallowed the Deftones whole. They had no business being on that stage whatsoever. I love that band. They had no business being on that stage whatsoever. Way too big. Linkin Park came out. They were not very good. I hate to say this about Chester with him no longer being here. I was a big fan of the band, but ultimately, dude, he was not that good. Didn't sound that great. And they were just kind of lackluster. They were all right, but they were a little lackluster. And then Limp Bizkit came out. And Fred Durst came out, and he had been hurt. I think it was something with his leg or something that had happened. He was in a cast or whatever. And he came out, and Fred Durst put that entire show on his back and then delivered for you where you were like, okay, this is not going to be a waste of night. And then Metallica came out and did their thing. But, like, it was obvious the moment Fred came out on that stage. Uh, Lincoln Park's not quite ready to be Lincoln Park yet. This is a long time ago now when that show was. I think 2003, something like that. They weren't quite ready to be Linkin Park quite yet, right? And so Fred comes out, and it's like, oh, dude, that's a rock star. Like, say what you want. You can hate him. Yeah, I know. The Red Yankees had the whole cheesiness, the whole Christina Aguilera, that whole thing. Whatever. That dude's a rock star. I might go buy a Red Yankees hat. Did you start talking about it like that, bro? Honestly, I'm making an iHeart station today. Limp Bizkit all day, dude. I like it. Break some stuff. Dude, Roland was great. Dude, so many, dude, so many good. I even like that album nobody liked. The one that had like the Behind Blue Eyes cover on it. There were like four songs off that record I loved. I just, there's something about Limp Bizkit I always really liked. I don't know what it is. Do I get all the Infinity Stones now? <laughs> is that how it works? I'll tell you what I'm really excited about. What is that? Is there was there was an article rolling around yesterday talking about how the UFC was going to jump the shark. They're worried about like, hey, you guys are getting a little out ahead of yourself here with the Conor McGregor mess and some of this. And so now Dana White's starting to leak this story, and it's smart because this will get people back into your brand, your business, and now we're getting back to fights. It's no longer well, Conor's throwing chairs, this and that. Now we're getting back to fights, and I would admit. That part of the reason I'm so excited about this is one of my favorite UFC fighters who has not fought in quite a while is in this rumor. I am a huge Nate Diaz fan. And Nate Diaz is polarizing in the UFC. You either love him or hate him. He's just one of those guys. Now, I'm not crazy about his brother Nick. He kind of annoys me. But Nate, I think, is one of the baddest men walking the planet. And... For a nation full of people to talk about how I give no Fs, man. I got zero Fs to give. Meanwhile, dude, you do care about yeah, those Fs because you edit them when you're writing them on Facebook, <laughs> as Fantone always points out, you sissy. And he's right, right? Nate Diaz legitimately is a guy who gives no Fs. And so there's something about that. When In a nation full of people lying about how they don't care what other people think, Nate really doesn't. And so it screams off the stage. And it's very... Refreshing. Yeah, nothing tells me more that you care about what other people think and you're questioning yourself than saying, I don't care what other people think. Right. Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah you do. You thought about it enough <laughs> you know, to tell me that you don't care. Yeah, so, you do. So, yeah, you do. 
But the rumor is Nate Diaz yeah. is going to fight GSP. Jeez. At UFC 227. God, dude, 227 UFC events? Yeah. Holy mackerel. They're going to fight. If it ends up happening, they're going to fight at 155. And this is going to be a bad, bad, bad fight. GSP came back after a long stretch of not fighting. And everybody thought, he's old, he's washed up, it's not going to happen, and he mopped his opponent up. Every time we talk about him, I think he should be 100 years old. And GSP? maybe Yeah, maybe just because he's he, he's been in it for so long, or I feel like he's been in it for so well, long. In UFC years, he is. I mean, he is 127 years old, dude. He's old. Like, to, to get punched in, I don't even know what, how old he is, but I think he's close to 40. Or he might be older. I mean, dude, that's nuts. For that kind of job? 36. 36. That's okay, old. so close. Old. Yeah, dude, that's old for UFC. For any pro athlete situation. let alone LeBron? 34? Le- yeah, let alone like going into the octagon to go fight. Yeah, 36 is old. But I got to tell you, as a Nate Diaz fan, and I think Nate Diaz is a bad man. I say it all the time. If you let Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fight in a bar parking lot here, like, dude, if they fought in Lobie's parking lot, I'm telling you right now, Conor McGregor gets his ass kicked. I mean, mopped. But you put a cage in there and referees and all that stuff, things change, and that's the sport. They're never going to fight in the bar parking lot. But Nate Diaz is a scrappier dude, I think. And so, but I'm telling you right now, I don't know what happens here because GSP is a bad man. Um, I, I, I'm glad this is happening for the UFC. Well, I mean, I love this fight. I'm we'll cer- buy this fight. Cer- I'm certainly not as big of a UFC guy as Stansberry. I, I enjoy watching fights at the end of the day. Two dudes going at it is yeah, entertaining fun. to watch. Sure. And, and, you know, like you said, I mean, so much of UFC recently has turned into a circus where, I, and I, honestly, 2017, I, I read, is the first year that they've had a drop in overall pay-per-view viewership. They've got to do something to right the ship. This those, is it. Those, those Fox things that they have, those Fox Saturday Night Fights or whatever, those are down considerably, too. Wow. So, so it, like, dude, it's time to refocus. It's they time to stop. Right. It's time to stop WWE in this and, like, get back to what made you great. I agree. And here's the thing. I don't care about names. But the average citizen, the average person who's not a fan of the sport does. So you got to create stars. GSP is a star. And if the Nate Diaz, Nate Diaz for UFC fans is a star. But there are people who like GSP who don't know a lot about Nate. So if you get them watching this fight, this helps two of your strong brands get bigger. When when you've lost Ronda Rousey, Conor McGregor. Essentially lost Conor, yeah. And, and, and Brock, Brock Lesnar. I mean, those were, the th- those were the three names that really had star power outside of the sport. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, plenty of guys, yes, are great fighters and, 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 and well-known, but, like, those were the guys that my mom knew about, right. or the fighters my mom knew about, and that's what you're looking for. Like, if my mom saw GSP walking around, she would know that was somebody. Might not know it's GSP, but she would know with somebody where, again, like if she saw TJ Dillashaw walking down the... And dude, and when you live in Vegas, you see these dudes all the time. I, the amount of UFC fighters I've seen at the gas station would blow you over living there. But like, most of them are, are just... They're like the Rodney Hoods. You, you don't really care if they go in the game or not. That's, that's just who they are. But if UFC gets Nate Diaz versus GSP, I think that, honestly, I think that pay-per-view will be huge and they'll get my 60 bucks for absolute sure. The political world suffered yet again another sex scandal. This one, little eye-opening. We'll get into that next on Rock 106.9.
106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. 830, we'll pass out those dead and company tickets we have. All right. Also, 810, we'll get you hooked up with $1,000. So we've seen a, we have now another political scandal. Okay. Um, it surrounds some sex and some things that happen with sex. Eric Schneiderman, who was the New York Attorney General, um, has stepped down after uh, assault claims by four women. Now, he had, uh, I guess he had filed the suit against Harvey Weinstein, and it had said some pretty strong things against Harvey Weinstein. And uh, and people should. I mean, what Harvey did was despicable. It's awful, right? Yeah, terrible. Absolutely. So I'm not going to knock anybody for having a uh, you know a strong opinion on that. Now I um, and it's his job to kind of go after that stuff. So yeah. it's not necessarily well, you know, that's somebody ringing the bell. Because I will often say those who people who speak up very loudly against things, I I worry sometimes with some of those people that what they're doing is casting the attention somewhere else, so it's not put on them. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's what happened here, but this guy is, um, it, it could be, it could be, I was going to say, it feels like it to me, uh, maybe a piece. Right. And so I guess I read some of this stuff yesterday. He had been dating interracially and, um, I'm pulling from memory here. So excuse me, but apparently he had referred to one of the women he was in a relationship with as his Brown princess and, and things like that. And I don't know if I have a problem with that. Because I think couples who are in situations like that will joke um, a little off color about their situation for like public consumption. I think that they probably like I as a matter of fact, I know this. I know an interracial couple, white woman, black man, and they have been honest with me while being out at the bar and talking about sex candidly that one of the things that they are into is she whips out the N-word when they're having sex. Now, that's their thing, right? Now, if they were to separate tonight and he wanted to win custody of the kid, right? Isn't that one of those things he could turn around and starts to say, this used to happen, this is one of the reasons why I'm out. Um, So I worry, not worry, I think that there's a possibility that what is happening here is people are looking to make hay for him where they're necessarily maybe should not be. Now here is the now here's what flies in the face of that. There are four women. They are all claiming to have been physically hit and assaulted in sex with him. They say the sex was consensual. The physical violence aspect was not. Their stories seem consistent enough for me to believe that Eric Schneiderman likes sex to get violent, and okay. that is okay. Yeah. People like sex to be violent. I'm not among them, but some people do. Okay? I'm not going to judge what you do in your bedroom. I do a bunch of weird things. Yeah. At at, at the end of the day, dude, I mean, consenting adults is my rule. That's really what it boils down to, but consenting is a part of that equation. And, like, I get it. When you're having sex with somebody, especially if you're into other things, you know, outside of just, like, quote-unquote vanilla sex, like, just, you know... You, you you can't just you, you, it's a la- it's a ladder. You can't just skip steps. You can't just go from like, all right, we've had sex the first time, and I'm just going to slap you across the face. Like there's steps along the way, and if that's what your chick's into, or if that's what you guys are into, God be with you. I'm not, I, you know, like you said, I'm I'm not here to judge what you're doing sexually, but you can't just because that's what you personally, Eric Schneiderman, is into. You can't just start assuming.
assuming every woman that you have sex with is going to be okay with that type of sex. This is not true. This no. This and and actually, I'll tell you a story here in in a couple of minutes about how I got myself kind of like hung up here in, in a similar fashion. I um, but I do think it's possible to be having sex with somebody. And have them be okay with everything you're doing, right. everything you're doing, everything right. you're doing, and then you think, oh, okay, well, let's maybe let's go here, right. right? And then that be too far. So I don't know if he necessarily, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. it could be you tried something and it was ill received. If it was, if it was a one time example of this, but there's multiple women who, who who have said multiple, you know what I mean? Like, there's that's where that's where the evidence kind of flies in the face of that, and like. At the end of the day, any sexual relationship should be based in trust, but especially if you are going to divulge into those sorts of sexual activities, you have to you, you have to talk about that with your partner. You have to be clear about what's going to happen there because if you don't, you are going to find yourselves in situations like this. Just because she saw 50 shades of gray doesn't all of a sudden mean that you get to you know what I mean? Like that that's the, the you're living you're, you're trying to you're trying to like put your fantasy world into the real world and that's not always gonna work yeah you can be guilty of, of, of taking a swing though and being uh, and being out of line versus you're just a horrible person though too but here when i read this this is a little alarming okay. one woman says it was horrendous it just came out of nowhere my ear was ringing i lost my balance and fell backwards onto the bed all right we're getting way yep, too far, we're already far, we're already too far yeah we're already too far i sprang up but at this point there was very little room between the bed and him i got up to try to shove him back or take a swing he pushed me back down he then used his body weight to hold me down he began to choke me the choking was very hard it was really bad i kicked in every fiber i felt i was being beaten by a man okay that's too far that's one example too we've we've already passed it if she's and like I said, unless you've made that behavior clear, you've talked about it, you trust each other in that you can't just do that. Another woman said here, um, the abuse was also verbal and emotional. He started calling me his brown slave and demanding that I repeat that I was his property. Again, mm. here, there, though, if it was just this, I could argue that away as saying, dude, that sounds like role playing to me, which he said. I I'll paraphrase. He said, look, I was engaged in consensual sex. Yes, I am involved in some role playing stuff that people are going to find alarming. It has nothing to do with how I run the office of the New York State Attorney General, which that could be debated. I won't say that it doesn't necessarily. But ultimately, he was saying, look, this was consensual. And now after the fact, people are coming after me. And he thinks it's because of how what an opponent of me, too, he was. Or a proponent, rather, and that these women are now saying, well, are you really the guy to fight for this because you did this to me? I think he's probably guilty. Um, yeah, you he can, reads guilty to you, me. You can, you can, you can say that you were role playing, and I'll embrace that, dude. I know a woman who, uh, I guess, for lack of a better term, was essentially like a dominatrix, and she had told me that one of her, uh, one of her like African American customers love to be racially degraded that was what he essentially paid her to do that was like that was the thing for Could him see it. and well and because it's taboo i mean it's like it's like having it's Nuns like having sex with a nun and, and right. right and all these different things that you know that 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 we're not supposed to do that all of a sudden you get your rocks off with if that's the case for you fine but you can't be the one role playing role playing's a two-way street there you know what i'm saying like yeah but couldn't this could this not be 
started out as role-playing. Somebody thought they were okay with the idea of role-playing, got a little too far into it and thought to themselves, okay, this isn't really what I want. Did she, did she make it clear in that moment? Because it's just like anything else with sex. Okay, just because a woman uh, comes over to your house, starts making out with you, takes her clothes off, if she says no while you guys are you gotta naked, stop. you gotta stop. Gotta stop. You gotta stop. Like, those are the rules, dude. Like He was wearing a Confederate, I guess, a, a Confederate outfit while calling her his brown, oh, geez, his brown princess. Jeez, man. Referred to her as a slave and property. It seems weird. I would have thought a Republican politician would have been more along the line of, let me dress up like the Confederate officer. I would have just, now that's perception because the way things are sold to yeah. us. Now, as a guy, and I feel like this is important, and it is important. I have been jumping up and down on the Democrats for about two months on the program, and it's because somebody needs to because they are getting wildly out of control with this leftist agenda that is sweeping the nation. And it's important for people who identify with them to say, whoa, wait a minute, you're not dragging us to this crazy place, right? You're not doing that. I feel like that's important. So I've been trying to be that guy and hold the party I align closest to their feet to the flame. I feel like that's important, right? Because I feel like they're going unchecked right now. But what I will say is prominent Democrats came out yesterday the moment this broke. And nobody, none of them were like, well, we have to wait and see if it's true. They were immediately like, dude, step down right now. Get out. This is a negative story. You're in our way. You're going to hurt our message. This was not Roy Moore. Let's see what happens. You see what I'm saying there? So, like, dude, I got to give the party this a little bit yesterday. They were like, no, bro, get out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I guess as a, as a political party, you don't necessarily owe due process. You don't. But you got to end the uh, negative uh, news cycle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from a self-preservation point, I guess maybe from, like, the stay of like I'm looking at you expecting you to live up to the ideals of America uh, due process is a part of those ideals I think but yes I take your point there of like you got out in front of it you said nope this is not us this is not represent us and dude it shouldn't have to I I, I think it's asinine to think that uh, since since Roy Moore molested kids or molested girls in the 1970s that every Republican approves of that and just like it shouldn't have to be like well, pff, well look at this guy he's calling this chick a brown slave it, it, that doesn't matter that, that doesn't represent who we are you know what i'm saying that doesn't represent me that doesn't represent you that uh, i would agree but again if we're going to remove heads of movie studios over this stuff you got to get rid of attorney yes. generals that are doing it you yes, know what i mean 100 and, and you should remove people yes. who are guilty of these kinds of things i'm not arguing for that i will say though like i said i was not i don't want to say relieved um i don't even want to say excited but i was I, do, I guess consoled over the fact that it's like, we're going to stand up right now. We are not going to let this go into the court of public opinion. We're going to say right here, right now, this is wrong. You need to get out of here. And as a guy who's been jumping up and down on that side of the politics, when they do something right, I have to be fair to that. And I felt like they handled this better than I've seen other people handle similar situations in this regard. So that is that. I think a lot of this started as role-playing. He went too far. It can happen. I once I had a girlfriend once. I won't give you her name because she lives here locally. And um, we dated years and years ago. This is when I was doing mornings for NCX. And she was probably, I say all the time about her, that she was probably like the, probably the best girl like as far as quality of person I ever dated. Super cute, the whole bit, right? But she was a little vanilla. She was like a little bit like a like a good like, like kind of like a good girl, right? And so we had only had sex about a handful of times. And so we were in her apartment the one night we were having sex and I started to introduce things into that repertoire that other women I had been sleeping with before were okay with. And I'll tell you, I just gently reached out because a lot of women are into this. And I took my right hand 
and I placed it over her throat. Now, I wasn't like trying to kill her, but you apply a little light pressure, right? Just enough. And she looked at me like I had walked like a camel into the bedroom and was like, well, you're going to have sex with this too, right? Like the look on her face when that happened, she just wasn't that person. It just wasn't okay for her. And the difference here, though, is that once she made that clear, I backed right off. Of you, it. you stopped the behavior. He did not. This dude did not. And there is the fundamental difference in those stories. Now, here's what I will tell you about stopping the behavior that somebody doesn't like. This worked out well for me. Because what happened there is she stood up, she kind of got up and said to me, like, look, okay, I'm not into that, but let me do this for you. Let's try this and see if you're into this. And I ended up having a great night that night. But it can start out as perfectly acceptable. You try something, it goes bad. But how you react in that moment, and Fantone's right, you got to back off of it. You can't be like, well, hit her again and see how that works. That's Terrible, terrible. You cannot do that. Yeah, maybe I'll convince her if I just keep choking her. Right, yeah, no, no, that's not going to be the way that goes. But like calling her his brown princess, I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I think people say and do all kind of weird things once their clothes are off and they're having sex and in the moment. I don't know if that's necessarily the problem. The hitting, almost knocking a woman unconscious, that is the problem right there. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com, and we'll pass out $1,000 at 8.10 this morning. Saw this, and am not shocked at all. This from the, uh, the Detroit Free Press. Not shocked at all about this. That since the year 2009... A certain form of fatalities are up, listen to this number, 46% since 2009, a certain form of fatality. Venture a guess for me. Got to be overdoses, right? Everyone's shooting up heroin, fentanyl's in it, dude, snorting cocaine and up fentanyl's in it. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be heroin. Great guess. Would have thought you would have been right had I not read this article. Well, I guess I'm wrong. But you are But you are not right. Although I don't know what those numbers are. They All could right. be, right? It could be higher. Okay. Who knows? <laughs> for, for sure, it could be higher. Pedestrian fatalities in the United States have skyrocketed 46% Fantone since the year 2009. Okay. okay. Now, they're like trying to figure out what's happening here. Okay. I have a guess. I have a guess. <laughs> they're saying, yes, cell phones is part of it. They also say that, that legalizing marijuana in certain areas may have led to this. Okay. And I guess maybe I can't deny that as a marijuana proponent. Of a guy who thinks we need to stop cutting off our nose to spite our face and get over the the reefer madness that has gone through this country about like how bad it is. I can admit that I have idiot buddies that sometimes you got to watch them. Like, bro, got a yank on the shirt. Like, dude, where are you going right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be real about it. Like, I, I know people are going to be like, dude, smoking weed is better than drinking and driving. And I will agree to that. But, dude, I, I'm not going to say that getting stoned and driving is a good idea Never. at all, dude. Not a, not, not no, a smart no, idea at no, all. No, I'm talking about walking around and you oh, like, okay, like, walk, okay, okay. like hitting the street. No, okay. no, 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 no. You should never, never operate a car uh, inebriated on anything. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 dude, it makes me a better driver. No. 
no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, and, it doesn't. And if you think you can sit around and just getting blunted all day, and that's not going to rea- to to negatively Reaction impact, times yeah, and come all on, ca- man, come no, on, man. Be happen- honest. Like what happens there is that you've done it enough to where you have figured out how to how to do it, and you got lucky enough to where nothing ever happened. This is what's so shocking to me about people with this issue is. This is what's crazy about getting like all tore up and then getting behind the wheel of a car and going driving around. You're just you. You're not every other car on the road. Right. Somebody comes up to that stop sign a little too much and they bump into you and now all of a sudden a cop is involved in your day where you didn't think he was going to be and now you got this thing in your lap. But I didn't do anything wrong. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter I mean, you did, you did do something wrong there. Doesn't matter now. 46%. Now, I would imagine that, yes, people being on their cell phones and yeah. Snapchat and like all this stuff, and I'm sure, like, what, the, uh, you know, the, the, that stupid game ever, the Pokemon Go was probably part of this. I think, I think if you, if you really got down to it, and I don't know how in depth this article goes, but I think if you really got down to it, does marijuana play a part? Sure. Um, but more than anything, it's phones. It's people walking and looking at their phone and not paying attention to the surroundings around them. And it's obviously people driving with their phones out well, it, 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 that I would I'm telling you because you got to think smartphones really didn't pop off I mean I know the first iPhone came out in like 07 probably 08 but they really didn't pop off until like 2009 10 11 that's when we all got them we got addicted to them and and of course people are gonna die because of it I'm trying to think of when I got my first iPhone like I'm pretty sure the first iPhone I had was the iPhone 3 and so I'm guessing that was 2008. So yeah, in I that mean, area, yeah. And then after 2009 is when they started to try to make you addictive to them, like, dude, download this app, and then make sure you're always looking at this. So yeah, that's what happened here. Yeah, I can remember in like 07, 08, I had a phone that could get the internet, but it wasn't like a smartphone. You know what I mean? It wasn't what it is now. When you could first get the internet on the phone, it was like, oh, I can get the internet, and then you tried to do it, and you're like, oh, I'd rather be on my computer. What is this? Right. But now, honestly, like I, the, the amount of times I will sit here with two computers in front of me and still use my cell phone while we're on the air, like w- w- because I'm so used to reading on it, right? It's almost like a security blanket to do that. That's obviously what led into this. I would blame cell phones more, but I would admit, as a marijuana proponent, that there is going to be an issue of that sneaking in here somewhat. I'm being told that a lot of this is because people are blocking streets for pro. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, dude, that's a 46% increase in pedestrian deaths were over the protests that have been happening a year. I don't buy, I don't necessarily buy that. And I would like to see the amount of people that actually lost their lives in those. I don't actually think it was all that many. I remember one. I can remember one, the one, the woman who got hit in Charlottesville. But other than that, I can't think of anything. I was going to say, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think many people have died. I know people have been hit and things like that, and it's always serious. I'm not trying to downplay one person's death, but I don't think that that's a 46 percent increase in these deaths. It's because we're nobody's looking at what they're doing. You're looking at your phone while you're driving, and that person's looking at their phone while they're walking. You got two distracted people headed for one another. It's like two trains being out of track. Sooner or later, that crash is going down. You're shot at a thousand dollars. Next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. We'll pass out $1,000 here momentarily. Got to get through mm. this before we do, though. And I believe that this, I don't believe this will solve this problem because I think any problem as big as this is going to need many, many things fired at it, not just one. But we, I believe it was two days ago, this kind of went into like law where they have to do this now, where restaurants are going to change and they must now show you the calorie count of what it is you're eating, okay? And 
it's part of, um, and here's what's great about this. It's not just fast food. All right. Sit down restaurants are going to have to do it. Grocery stores are going to do it. Convenience stores have to do it. Movie theaters, pizza delivery companies, vending machines are now going to have to show you these requirements. All right. And as somebody who has been, it's um, coming up on like three and a half, four months back at the gym, um, who is denying himself certain f- foods and um, a lot of cal- people have been asked me because they've seen photos and you can kind of tell I've lost a little bit of weight. No bread, no sugar, no sugar, no sugar, no noodles. No, I mean, it, it's, it's all the stuff you always hear about. It, it's you got to stay away from it. Sugar is the big one. And we'll get into that here again in a second. But I love this. Now, like I said, this will not end the obesity issue in America. You know why? Because food tastes good and you need food to stay alive. So people will sell themselves on the fact that you need to eat this kinds of stuff and nobody's going to stop you from eating what you shouldn't. And so we will not fix obesity by this. However, showing you the numbers over and over and over again in your head, I do believe like any other problem in the world that information is the silver bullet. Education is the silver bullet. It's what helps you. And I believe a better educated constituency on this stuff is good. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't I don't I don't see a problem with it, I guess. Um, Is this going to negatively impact these restaurants, though? If I'm like, dude, man, I can't even get a meal here for under a thousand calories. Is that going to is this? But I guess, I mean, you were serving that meal before. Now you just have to be honest about it. So I can't necessarily fault honesty or, or being upfront about things as like a negative, right? No, I, I here's the thing. If as a business owner, I'm not sure I would like this. But as a consumer who wants to be able to make better educated decisions for myself, I do like it. Just from a business owner perspective of this alone, because last night me and my girlfriend went to Jimmy John's and we got sandwiches and it's like, all right, walk in there. Jimmy John's is delicious, dude. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, he killed a giraffe. Well, yeah, I'm eating a ham sandwich. So what difference does it make? (laughs) I don't care what he did. Uh, Right. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, like you, Jimmy John's had to print new menus. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy John's had to print new menu boards. Jimmy John's had to do all that. So like, so they were up. That's probably okay for JJ's, but it's not going to be okay for the for the small diner downtown. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't necessarily. I've already got my my, my menus printed. Now you're telling me I have to print new menus? Well, here's the other thing you got to be aware of too on counting calories. It is just a best guess. You think? Oh they, yeah. You I think mean, they know for sure it's 1340 calories? They don't. It's they're rounding up. They're rounding down. It's it it, it, it you know what I mean? It, it it's a math equation. It's it's kind of like it, but they're guessing. They are guessing. And here's where calories get really, really, really confusing is because what they tell you is for a man my size, it's about 2,300 calories a day you should have. Now, I try to stay around 1,800 is about what I try to do. But here's where counting calories really like people will go, well, if I'm allowed 1,800 calories, what I'll do is I'll have 500 calories with ice cream here and this and that doesn't work like that. Calories are not created equal. Like there was this time where this guy tried to do this thing where I'm only going to eat Twinkies, but he lied. And they ended up telling you about how it, they didn't tell you how he was taking supplements and protein shakes and all this other stuff in there at the end of the day. Sugar is your enemy. And until you realize that, that waistline is never going anywhere. 
Diet soda too. People go, well, there's no sugar in it. There's no calories in it. This and that. It's because these companies have figured out this verbiage that you're afraid of now. Calories, sugar. They figured it out. And they create other things that mimic this. There's something I wish I could remember, but Dr. Rhonda Kilpatrick is the woman you can look into with this. She's like anti-sugar and I love her. I listen to her podcast a lot and she talks about how like diet soda has this thing in it that shuts down your microbiome the same way. And so you're just training your brain and yet it still thinks it's getting the sugar. So it still does it. Sugar is the enemy. And why I get so like up on my chair about this is because people will tell me all the time, well, I'm eating right, I'm going to the gym three times a week, but I'm not losing any weight. Well, you're lying about one of those two things, and you're probably lying about both. But then I hear this one a lot. I get a lot of people who are a little staunch on the more conservative side listening to the program, and they want to bitch to me about drug addicts and marijuana addicts, and drug addicts are ruining this country, and drug addicts. And then I look at their profile photos, and they're 400 pounds. You are a sugar addict. Sugar is a drug. It mimics the effects of cocaine. It looks like cocaine. And when you eat it, you get high and then you crash a half hour later. Meaning what? That is a drug. And until this country starts to look at sugar as dangerous as other drugs, as dangerous as you think marijuana is, until you start to look at sugar as that dangerous, we will always have this obesity problem. Now, don't get me wrong. Obviously... An epidemic sweeps the nation right now of drug addicts and the serious repercussions and and, and, and the the, there the are fallout. serious repercussions of this. That's that our healthcare budget is out of control. That's exactly what I was going to say is nothing is an anchor on our economy like our healthcare costs, and the main driving factor of that is obesity. It dude. makes me it crazy is. when people look down their nose at drug addicts when you are addicted to a drug, you just don't consider it to be one because you've been putting it in your morning drinks, and you've been mixing it in this, and your parents gave it to you on the dinner table. Sugar is a drug. It is to be avoided at every last chance you get. More Stansberry Show after you get hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BILLS to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you, WRQK.com. Have those dead and company tickets, too. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. Before the break, we were talking about how um, we're going to put these calorie counts now on every restaurant, essentially. Even vending machines are going to have this. Mm-hmm. And so, I, 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 first of all, I would like a little bit of a pat on the back right now. All right. I, um, now, I have not made it all the way there yet, but I got closer than I think most people will. My goal was to not have a slice of pizza until the date of my birth, which is the 25th of this month. And that will be officially three months since I've had a slice of pizza, which is longer than I've gone in my adult life, I think, maybe ever. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, pizza is kind of the new bacon on the internet where everyone's like, oh, I'm a pizza slut. <laughs> but Stansberry legit gets his D-hard over pizza on a I regular do. basis. I do. And I think what might happen on May the 25th there is I might find myself at a pizza place downtown Canton, Ohio. <laughs> Just raging erection. <laughs> With a large pepperoni and banana pepper, and then I'll probably go see Solo and check that out as that's coming out of my pocket. Right. But I have that's a question about these calorie boards because yeah. I'm looking at, and I don't want to give you the name of it, but but they, but they in this article I'm reading about this story, they posted like boards from a quick service restaurant, mm-hmm. okay? And again, not important which one it is. Okay. 
but it gives me this version of the sandwich, this version of the sandwich, then this version of the sandwich, right? Because, you know, we have small, medium, large in this country. It's kind of how we are. Okay, so a junior, regular, and large. Like, whatever, okay. right? Okay. And it gives me calories underneath them, and they vary from 1,020 to, to 1,260. 1350 to 1590, 1590 to 1830. Now, here's where I worry about the end consumer with this board and these boards. Is this for the sandwich or is it for the sandwich and the fries and the drink that gets like compiled with it? So I buy it because I think that's important to tell the end consumer, too, because, again, I think people misunderstand how many calories are in a small order of something or a soda or some uh, things along those lines. I would have to assume that if you have it up there on the menu presented as a number three, you know what I mean? Okay, I this is just number- underneath the sandwiches, so maybe that is just... Yeah, sandwich. I would assume that the number three section will have a, you know, at least a general count Another one next to it. Of, of, but, it but at that point, though, there's going to be like, well, what's the difference if I... Get a a Pepsi versus a you know versus a Sprite versus a high C you know what I mean like where's the variance in that of the decisions I make because like at, at, at some places you can get different side dishes you know what I mean sure. like is that but I guess you're gonna be responsible just like if you were to just like the prices are listed right there well it's like well if I get a cheeseburger and a medium French fry and a large pop I have to add those numbers up as the end consumer I'm gonna have to do the same with calories I would think I would I would think so now I just looked this is for 12 ounce sodas um I am a um I'm a lemon lime soda kind of dude okay. like I, I I love any version of those I'm, I'm normally a fan um and they about hold up for a 12 ounce serving they about hold up it seems like between cola and like a lemon lime soda they're about 140 calories per 12 ounce serving they 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 essentially hold up about the same there um so that but there will be a variance it's just i i believe this will lead to better educated decisions and when people are forced to see the math over and over again you might go i don't know maybe i don't need that maybe i maybe i don't know i'm probably being too old i was going to say i think what happens is it becomes very easy to ignore because it's everywhere therefore it just becomes uh, wallpaper and it's like whatever dude and i'm people still are getting, getting what not, i want to get i mean dude we've had uh, how many airplanes go down and windows fall out and yeah, things lately still getting on planes and, pe- <laughs> and, and people are getting on 75 dollar flights every single day to go places so yeah you're ultimately probably right about that i don't want to do what i have to do right now what is that but i gotta do it let's do it i gotta get the back of a baltimore raven okay what, what do you got going on here i need to know what's happening we talked about this earlier i don't know what's happening the baltimore ravens selected a quarterback in this year's draft that people feel like went too low that had a better grade on should have went higher right okay, and so- people People, a, a bargain. Oh yeah, I was going to say, got a good deal here. Okay. People feel like the Ravens got a bargain, right? They took Lamar Jackson. Now, they have Joe Flacco, who has won a Super Bowl. I believe made it to two. I know he won the one. I don't know if he made it to two or not. I know he won the one where the lights went out against Kaepernick, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, won, I forgot he, about that. He won that Super Bowl. Right? So he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And now the rumors are out of Baltimore that Joe Flacco did not reach out to Lamar Jackson to like welcome him into the Raven family. And I think that this is a social media problem, not a Baltimore Raven, not a Joe Flacco, not an NFL problem. This is a social media fan problem. We have romanticized these positions in a way that should not be done. Sport, professional sport, 
we're losing our way a little bit in elementary school and high school a little bit here. Okay. But in professional sport, it is dog eat dog. We have got to stop romanticizing this as like you're handing off the baton to the next guy. In in no other in no other professional setting. If you were asked to train your replacement today, you would think about quitting your job. It is I actually like what Mason Rudolph said about Ben Roethlisberger. Now Ben handled it wrong by saying the wrong things. Flacco's not going to say anything, which is the right way to go. Right? But Mason Rudolph said it the best. It's not Ben Roethlisberger's job to get me ready for the NFL. It's my job to observe Ben as much as I can and learn how to get ready for the NFL. That's the right attitude to have, kids. That right there. Expecting Joe... Because here's the other thing. Did Joe Flacco call every other player that got drafted from the Baltimore Ravens? No. So why are we up in our arms? Are we we sure of that? No, I mean, like, if, no, like they, that's what that's what the report is. Okay. That he didn't respond. He didn't reach out to anybody. So, and and again, it, like Ben Roethlisberger, did he reach out to any of the other people? No. So we have romanticized this, and this is one of these problems that lives on Twitter. That isn't not a problem. Is that dude? This is dog eat dog, bro. And if you have reached the NFL draft and you need to be coddled. And then, dude, you might not be the guy. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Brett Favre didn't show him a damn thing. It's been wildly reported. Was staunch against it. Would not do it. And look how good Aaron Rodgers got. Because he realized that and was like, well, dude, he is still one of the best ever. I better keep my head down and watch what's happening here. I don't know why people have a problem with Joe Flacco in this. And this is going to be sold as race in two days. You just wait because it's Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, black quarterback. You're going to have that. That's going to be a component in this, and it's going to be wildly inaccurate because I don't believe that's who Joe Flacco is. I just think he's a stoic guy, doesn't really say a whole lot to begin with. He's been accused of not having the right emotion to be a leader as a quarterback. I don't know if it's true or not. I know Ray Lewis has questioned it, and that's Ray. Ray knows the Baltimore Ravens better than I do, obviously, right? But I don't think it's his job. You're not obligated to. To reach out? I I, I guess not. Um, I, I guess this just goes back to, like... And it maybe, you know, as I say, you're not obligated to, but like there is a little bit of like, yo, that's still your employer. And if 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 they're telling you, hey, you're coming in to train your replacement, that's one thing. But if you're coming in to train a new employee, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, the, we yeah, don't know what he was told. Well, then I guess that's the thing is like your job is still yours to fight for, but we still, you know, to me, to me, if this was me and Joe Flacco's position and Ben Roethlisberger's position, there's a little bit of me that's like, yo, this is, this is the company. This is the organization that made me a millionaire, that made me, you know, that gave me the opportunity to be who I am today. I would feel a little bit of responsibility to, to, to continue that. But I guess he is not obligated to. I feel like on, on the flip side of that, I'm not saying you're wrong, but the flip side of that argument is Joe Flacco. Like, bro, I won you a Super Bowl. You owe me a little, right? Not that you shouldn't draft Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I was going to say, so what? Now I never can no, no, no. get another quarterback, so don't have a backup. No, no, no. I'm not saying that at all. But you do owe me a little bit of, dude, don't throw me under the bus because I'm don't because i not doing backflips over the fact that you did draft him. The Ravens have not, right? This isn't like, this isn't the organization came out and crapped on him, well, right? Well, the information's leaking from somewhere. 
and I believe what Baltimore is doing, leaks happen because people want the information out. That's how leaks happen. I say it all the time with LeBron. You think that stuff just gets out just because? No, it's because he tells somebody to put it out. And I think the Ravens are leaking information here because they want the quarterback controversy and they want to move off of Joe Flacco and they want to go here. So if I was Joe Flacco, which by the way, there are only 32 starting jobs in the country at this. If you don't think the guys that get these jobs are going to be ultra competitive and territorial over they have to be otherwise you're not worth the gig it's like a job like this you were going to be territorial you were going to be defensive over it you were going to watch this and that and like i said you are the kind of you out there are going to judge guys like joe flacco and ben roethlisberger and be on twitter and talk about how it's not right and you should be for the organization this and that if you went to work today and were asked to do this you would walk out Yes, certainly your position, your, your, your prerogative to do so as an at-will employee, but if your boss said, well, you can either quit or you're doing this, you would do, right? Again, this is not about mentoring him. This was, not, this was about not reaching out and welcoming him to the Ravens, which I don't believe is a necessity. So if, if, if the owner of the Ravens, if the head coach says, yo, Joe, it's your responsibility to help mentor this kid, though, that's... I think you, it, then it is with... It's within your best interest to do as your employer is asking you unless you were looking to get out of that situation. But does anybody know if Joe Montana picked up the phone and, and, and welcomed Steve Young to the organization? As a matter of fact, I bet I can, I bet, I can bet every last dollar on no because Joe Montana hated Steve Young. There, there, it, that situation was wildly contentious because most of the city was like, ah, we're probably ready to move on. The other half was like, ah, not so much. That situation was totally contentious. You still view Joe Montana as one of the greatest ever. Stop making these like cosmetic issues these big deal. He just didn't welcome the guy to the city because he's ultra competitive and he's fighting on tooth by the skin of his teeth to hold on to his gig. And actually, that's who I want underneath center. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. The Stansbury Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. I need to ask you because I don't remember, Phantom. Yeah. Did I give out those Dead & Company tickets? Did not, my I friend. I did not. did not. All right, we'll do it here. June 20th, Blossom Music Center. We'll you do it on there. We'll do it momentarily. All right. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need on those when I remember to give them out. Hopefully. Fingers crossed this time. I just read this five minutes ago, and I don't know where to come down. All right. Okay. Um, which I'm sure is riveting on the radio. <laughs> hey, here's somebody right in the middle here. But Channel 5 at their website posted this, and this is out of Perry Township here. Yeah. And a young man, Perry Hobson, was just 22 years old when he got into a car accident and uh, his life was lost due to that accident. So Paris Hobson, who is his sister said that her brother had been to multiple healthcare facilities fighting for his life for about 10 months, okay? So last month, he passed away, and uh, the family was starting to cope with that, and that's very, very hard. As a guy who's been through losing multiple family members, it's very, very difficult, right? And they were starting to get to the place where they could get through it, and then they drove past Perry High School. And the car that he had been driving that was in that accident was used as one of those don't drink and drive during prom season oh, displays. Okay? Oh, okay. Now, I like those. I think it's probably positive to 
to drive home the the message of what can happen. Most kids are going to look at it, laugh it off, and think, not me, but if you get two of them to do it right, you know what I mean? Then you're safer, right? And I I, I do. I think there's so many young people in particular, but everyone has a little bit of the American, eh, it's not going to happen to me, eh, it's not going to happen to me, and like showing them this is the consequence, this is what happens to you, I I think that works. I do. Not even high school kids. I mean, how many people drive past the high school? You know what I mean? Like you, you, You could affect a ton of people here, right? And uh, it can happen to you. Just so you know, the numbers as of like five years ago were you drove 77 times inebriated before you got caught. So if you do this, it's going to happen to you, just so you know, right? So they're now upset, okay, because they did not consent to Perry High School using this car for this purpose. They were under the impression the car was actually still being held for evidence. They also say, and I don't know, I don't have the facts of the case in front of me, that he had not been drinking and driving. So it's a little misleading. Now. Okay. Well, that I think that does make a difference. I do. See, I want to think that, okay? But me, the guy driving down the street looking at the smashed cars, first of all, I'm going by them at 35 miles per hour. Right. So I'm, it's not like I'm examining them. Am I to know that's the car he was driving and then then like relate it to that story? I'm not sure that's what would happen. Um, no, I don't know if necessarily in the moment you driving by is, is, is necessarily going to, you're going to add all that up. But at the end of the day, there is something, I'm not going to say it's a lie, but something untruthful about it to me where you're using a car that was not used in a DUI accident. Now, dude, there are plenty of, of, of warped, wrecked, you know, tangled masses of metal due to DUI accidents to present one as that is like, hey, this is what's going to happen. Well, but that's not what caused this to happen. So it does feel insincere to me like it does. Yeah, I feel like this is one of those things, though, where like the car could be twisted up that way in a car accident. And it's not necessarily important that it be. I never looked at those things as like those must be authentic. They just look to me like, oh, these are crashed cars. Yeah. And I I, I think for the most part, I do take your point there. But authentic is important to me. You know what I'm saying? Like there is something about that where it's like, well, what else are you lying about? What else are you misconstruing here? All right. So. Let me ask you this. So then these cars that are in these high school displays warning people against the dangers of drinking and driving, they, if, if they're crashed, they should only have been from, from accidents where, where, where drugs and alcohol were a factor? If that feels right to okay, me. Okay, now if we're holding through to the word, and I, again, I'm not trying to hold you to this word. It's just the word you use. I'm just trying to figure out where we are. If, we're, if, we're, if authenticity, authentic is what we're after, would you then care... If the car in front of that high school was driven by me and crashed because I was drunk at 40 years old versus a 15, 16, 17 year old, well, obviously not 15, but 16, 17 year old high school kid. Um, at that point, you're still showing the the negative repercussions of drinking and driving as opposed to like whatever caused his accident. Because to me, I mean, the, this guy was 22. To me, it's almost worse if you take a car that was actually driven by a 16 year old student from that school and you're like, hey, look, remember. Remember this? Remember when Eric was doing this? Like that to me is almost worse. Yeah, I mean it would ring a little bit truer. Would 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 maybe give kids a little bit of. Although maybe kids at that school go, oh my god, that's Eric's Jeep right there. Look, remember yeah. that? And then maybe it drives it home more. And that's what I was gonna say too. Is like at the very least, I think when when whoever's behind putting these together, and I'm certainly not trying to fault Perry Schools, considering everything that they've gone through. No, they probably I'm, just bought the cars from a lot. I'm not trying to fault. Well, I, I mean. 
I mean, the car is now back at the, at, at the tow company's lot where they got it. I don't know if they pay. I don't know if they're donate. I don't know if it's mad. I don't know that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if this is the mothers against or students against destructive decisions or maybe even police forces that are a part of this. But I, don't, I, I, I can at the very least see from a perspective of, you know, obviously the people are going to be driving by this. This isn't exclusively seen by high schoolers. Maybe even like whether it's a drunk driving accident or not that caused the car to be to be wrecked like that, get something that isn't necessarily local. I, I think it was I, I think it was as simple as this. Get us cars that are like not right. just wrecked, that are thrashed. We need to drive home this visual message. And I don't think they knew where the car came from. No, I don't think this was a malicious like thing where where Perry High School was like, you know what we're gonna do let's is we're do gonna this wrong. Right, let's turn the screws on this family right here. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that. that's what it was, but at the very least, it opens up the 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 the, the, the window here of like when you make when you make decisions like this, it's not just about the message you're trying to send to your students. There's also a broader community there that you kind of have to take into consideration. Should be pointed out, the family not looking for you know financial compensation. They're lo- all they're looking for is like you know what, our bad. We should have thought right. about that. We shouldn't do that. And I don't that's think that fair. that's necessarily crazy. If it was your family member, that's exactly what you would want to. I don't think it's crazy. They're not going overboard here, but I don't believe the school should be dragged into this horrific. You know what I I mean, tone deaf type conversation that you're going to hear people talk about, I would guess, because that's the way we handle everything through that filter, because I don't believe they're I, I don't believe they're guilty of anything like that. We do have those dead and company tickets, there I believe, is. June 20th blossom. Yep. Let's take caller number 25 right now. One eight hundred two four three seven six two five. And it turns out if you got passed over for cheerleading, don't worry. Everybody gets to join now. That's next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Pass out $1,000 here momentarily. I saw this and um, I knew I had to get into it. I will tell you this, that as my birthday is this month, I've spent a lot of years on this planet. More than anybody thought I would, to be honest with you. And I have found this out. That no matter what you do, disappointment in life is impossible to avoid. And I would go even further to say that the best thing you can do is prepare yourself for the fact that disappointment will face you at every single turn in your life as early as you can. Now, some of you heard me say that and thought to myself, well, you know, you got to let kids be kids. Okay. Fine, let them play in the playground, that whole thing. It's not like you got to go outside today, smack your five-year-old down on the ground and go, there is no Santa. And no. Dis- disappointment, though, it, it, you're going to have it obviously be appropriate for the age of the child where it's like, yeah, you don't want to go out and tell your four-year-old that, but at the same time, you can tell your four-year-old, no, I'm not buying you that toy. And that's how they deal with an appropriate age, an age-appropriate disappointment there. Yeah. But once you start to get into high school, You need to prepare yourself for the world that is waiting for you. We put these kids in high school in this vacuum as if they're just high school kids. Right. But in six months, some of them will be college students and they'll be outside of your house. And if you don't prepare them for the world that is waiting for them, it's only going to get worse. They'll only get beaten down. They'll only not recognize what's happening, and they'll have to move in with you faster than the, than the other kids down the street that have had to move back in with their parents do. And I bring this up to tell you this, that in New Jersey, because one woman complained, one, 
woman complained. An entire policy had to be changed at a high school. And I don't get this. These are life lessons that you need to teach your kids because the world, I tell you all the time, the world is nothing but a big ball of awful that is out to roll you over every last chance it gets. And what happened here is this woman's daughter didn't make the cheerleading squad. Okay. So the mom felt like, well, that's unfair. You're singling my girl out. We can't have that. I'm going to complain. And now the school board came up with this. Everybody's a cheerleader or nobody's a cheerleader. This is ridiculous. This is a woman and probably a man too. I'm assuming she's married. I don't know. These are parents that are dodging an opportunity to parent. And I always use that opportunity because that's what they are. This is an opportunity to turn your child in to help turn them into a grown-up, an adult, a functional person of society. You are not just the hall monitor that tells them when to go to bed and finish their vegetables. Your job's not done there, dude. It's not. You decided to have kids. You got to see this all the way through. You got to have the hard conversations you don't want to have. What if it gets hard, though? What if I don't want to do it? What if I don't want to? I hear this all the time. What am I supposed to say to my kid? I don't know. <laughs> tell them you skipped over aisle know. number four at the drugstore, and now you got to tell them this. That's what you tell them, you lazy ass. Yeah, sorry, I shouldn't have had you. That's what you should tell them. Your kid is going to enter this world and not be good enough at a lot of turns, at certain job interviews, at not being good enough for the sexual partners they want, not being good enough for sports, athletics, being picked last. It's going to happen. Pretending that that disappointment is never going to befall onto your child or even worse, trying to make sure no disappointment falls onto them until they leave your house is wildly irresponsible. You are raising that little turd to be an expectant, like uh, entitled moron. There is lesson. And I tried to do this. I was unable to do it. You know what you do? You try again. You work harder. And then if it doesn't work then, because what somebody's going to say, what if it doesn't work then if they have to work harder? Then what you do is you sit your kid down and you tell them this, which is what my parents used to tell me all the time. Daniel, we are not going to sit here and tell you you can be anything you want. That is wildly irresponsible. You can't be anything you want. Everybody's about fit to do about 35 things. Pick one, work your ass off at it, and be the best you can at it. There it is. You're not going to be able to do everything. You know what my dad once told me? Daniel, you like these jobs, the idea of these certain jobs, but you don't work hard enough on your grades to do it. You don't care enough about your grades to make sure you get the right opportunity. You're not going to be able to do those things, bro. So you got to focus here because you don't want to do this. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, that's like, that's like, oh, my kid wants to be, you know, a pro basketball player when he grows up and all he's doing is practicing trick shots and, 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 and entrances or where even it's just like, free throws. where it's like, dude, no, you, you, you know, you don't just get to go to that immediately. Um, now, this is, I'm putting you into a hypothetical situation here. I don't know the circumstances of why this girl didn't make the cheerleading squad or whatever, um, but if she deserved to truly be on the team and she really was screwed over by this situation for whatever reason, do you just swallow it and take it and accept the fact that like, hey, yes, okay, that that and there's you know there's why? no standing up for like, hey, this this is a situation where a kid got wrong. Okay. This is a situation where this was you know uh, a a a a personal vendetta or whatever. I mean, uh, or do you just swallow it and take it? Well, personal vendetta situations are. 
are different. But if you're complaining to me that your daughter should be on the cheerleading squad or there should be no cheerleading squad because everybody should get to make it, that's not personal vendetta, yeah, I, yeah. right? So I, I do. Let's leave that open because you're right. If, if that's happening, let's examine that. But the difference here is this. No, even if it's just your kid got screwed, even if they deserved it and they got screwed, because guess what? How many of you have been passed over for a promotion at work that you deserved? My hand's fully raised. Did they, did you sure, you can say that, but I think a lot of people put themselves, I got screwed over, and it's like, no, you didn't, you just weren't good enough, where I, if, 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 okay, that's fair you too. know what I mean, I think a lot of people put themselves sure. in that, well, I, come on, I deserve this, oh, I got screwed, it must be because they're screwing me, not because I didn't work hard enough, or not smart enough, or not qualified. This is not them not letting your daughter into honors English class, because they don't want her in there, this is them telling you you're not the right girl for the cheerleading squad, and some of you aren't, just like I wasn't the right guy to be the quarterback of the high school football team, but my dad didn't go there and bitch until I got to try it. I wasn't ready. I wasn't the right guy. I didn't have the ability. Couldn't throw the ball accurately enough. Nobody cried enough until I got to do it. Like, you are just, you are dodging these opportunities to raise an adult, and you wonder why these kids are living with you until they're 37. It's because you're raising kids who are dependent on you. Mom, fix it. Mom, fix it. Man, I wish I lived with my parents still, dude. Dude, say until 37. God, that sounds great. Doesn't it sound great? That sounds phenomenal. Let's change it to 45. Mom, I'm coming home. Here's your shot at $1,000 so you don't have to move in with your parents right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword CASH to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's CASH to 200-200. Rock. 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. Online for you, WRQK.com. You know, yesterday we were talking about that guy that got killed by trying to take a, a selfie with a bear. Right. And now, I guess, Canada now, where zookeepers are in trouble because they put a bear in a car and took it through the drive through of like a uh, like an ice cream shop. Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you, again, you, dude, that bear gets out of, out of line just a little, and you're in jail for life, right? Like, I would imagine they're going to throw you in jail if you're the person that brought the bear out and it attacked somebody. I would hope. Throw you in bear jail. All right. I would hope. I had that feeling coming over me. I don't, I don't, again. They brought that bear and they set it on the table, the broadcast table. I was at, like, the sport travel and outdoor show, whatever the hell it's called. And they just loaded that thing up full of drugs, and it just was laying there, like, snoring on the broadcast table. And every day, I was there four days, and every day I was just like, dude, this thing's going to wake up and maul me to death. Because, again, I was sitting there right behind a bear, two slices of pizza, you know what I mean? All kind of stuff, nachos and all that kind of fair food that they sell at those trade shows. And there I am thinking this thing's going to wake up and like take a swipe at me. Well, yeah, and I mean, you look just as appetizing to a bear as a gyro does. You know what I'm saying? So, like, so at the end of the day, dude, I mean, it's, it's a bad decision to bring wild animals into the equation, in my opinion. I would agree. It's a, bad equa- it's a bad equation to bring animals into your sex life, too. Yeah. Just so you know, you're not supposed to do that. Very not, true. You're not supposed to do that. I do have some Pornhub numbers here for you. Okay. Okay. I uh, I thought we were going to make it through today without getting into this, but no, no, we're not. Pornhub. And- uh, so many of you have sent me this article. How many How many times do you think to yourself, boy, I'm going to make it through today without Pornhub, and then you're like, no. No, nope, can't no, I'm do not. it. No, I'm not. That, okay, they, here they, we are. They call that addiction. Here we are. All right. 
So we have some numbers here from May the 4th, which is we all know is Star Wars Day, which I'm, ima- I'm imagining by next year it'll get overtaken by Infinity Stone Day. That'll be the new thing. But apparently, Pornhub is ready to release its numbers on the Star Wars-related data on May 4th. They registered an increase of one about 1,100%. In Star Wars, wow, 1100%. In Star Wars related searches compared to the daily average. Among the terms that people used in Pornhub to look for Star Wars pornography, which I don't understand as a huge fan of, of, of the movie franchise, I don't get it at all. Words such as Star Wars sex or lesbian Star Wars. Porn Wars, I know, is like another, like, it's like that, I believe it's the actual parody. Princess Leia was a big one in the search engine. Princess Leia Slave obviously also received a boost. Now, that's people know that slave outfit from Return of the Jedi. Many men in my age group grew up, and that was like, like the pinnacle of, like, her, that and Daisy Duke were like the two chicks. You were like, dude, I just can't wait to get back into the bathroom. Like, just get out of there. Let me back in there. Those two things could not, you just couldn't wait to get back into the bathroom. So I'm not surprised by this. However, the search term that got the biggest boost via Star Wars lingo with a 766% increase among the di- um, above the daily average in Star Wars sex searches. Care to venture a guess? Something with Chewbacca. Brrr, whatever. <laughs> There's something, something Chewbacca related. What we got going here? Probably shouldn't bang Chewie. That's closer to an animal than yeah, not. Yeah. It's yeah. fur covered there. Yeah. No. And. This should not be all that shocking, I guess, because it's it's a pretty easy penis joke here. Okay. But lightsaber. Uh, I gotta be honest with you. I love Star Wars. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is gonna be on my list of favorite movies. I don't care how many you give me. 5, 10, 15, 20. Empire's making it. Right? I want Han Solo nowhere near my sex. And I would, I will tell you, have I ever looked it up? Sure, out of curiosity. And have I had a woman in my own life play the Leia role and kind of like dress up as, as Princess Leia? Yeah, of course I have. Right? I don't. I, it, it's almost impossible to be a guy my age and not at least have asked for that to happen and tried to make that happen. But there's, I don't need a lot of role play in my pornography. I'm more about the pornography when you're not dressed. I don't care what what you're wearing when you're dressed. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like, I guess I understand the appeal of it if you're, like, a super fan and this is what, like, has always been your thing. But for, like, general public, like, I don't know, and I know Rule 34 is that of the Internet is that no matter – or 33 or something is that when – no matter what it is, there's a porn parody of it. That's true. But like, I don't know. Like, there's just there's not a lot of a lot a lot of things I'm that passionate about that I'm that into where it's like I gotta see, dude. I gotta see the you know Bob's Burgers. I gotta see Bob banging out Linda. I'm like, not no. really. Like, I, I I don't really care about that. No, I don't. What's even creepier about those kinds of things is they'll use the kids then. Oh yeah, like Simpson stuff and like oh, yeah. Meg from Family Guy, and it's like, dude, that's a kid. Isn't it, at the end of the day, isn't that? 
It's yeah. weird. But if, if if it was just a generic kid that you were drawing, plowing out his mom, you'd be like, dude, that's child pornography we're talking about here. But when it's Bart Simpson and, and Marge, it somehow or another is allowed to be one of the ads on Pornhub. I don't know. I don't know where that is, but that's a solid if, observation. If you found if you found somebody in your personal life with a with a ton of drawn porn of a child, you'd be like, eh-eh. but Bart Simpson's okay, I guess. That's weird. Isn't that weird? You are right about that. Um, I can't believe, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm not like a pain for porn person, but like, where's the President Trump and Stormy Daniels thing going on? Because I have not seen that. I saw a ton of Obamas, like a ton of them, dude. But where's where's the President Trump porn? I I, I really have not ran into that. Well, he's kind of, I mean, dude, Trump's been in a, a thousand of these because he's been a celebrity forever. So there's been the Apprentice porn, there's been yeah. this, there's been that. Um, so let me, let me, let me look here. I'm actually at Pornhub's website right here. So we'll type in Donald Trump and Stormy and see what pulls up. Oh, my God. Something they, there? They claim this is the actual Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels sex tape. That doesn't seem real. I was going to say, I'm kind of skeptical on that one, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, that be, doesn't be a little like bit bigger. I, I, it just, Again, they're not pushing her to the front. I keep saying, where is she? She doesn't seem to be this hugely consumed porn star right I'm, now. I'm also, I always feel like. Let's get out of Pornhub on my Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably not the best right there. Oh, I'll tell him, dude, I was doing something for the show. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> um, one of the things I always wonder too with porn is like. I, I would think sports porn would be a little bit more predominant. Like LeBron James porn? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I, if it were me, I would be super serving, like, local communities in that sense where you know the Browns fans are huge. You know Browns fans love football, dude, and they love the Browns. So where's, like, you know, the Johnny Manziel, you know, type? Where's the, you know what I mean? Like, to me, that just makes sense. Where's Tom, where's the Tom Brady porn 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 parody? Dude, NFL porn would be awesome because right? Tom Brady would just be a stud and Tyrod Taylor would be a premature ejaculator. <laughs> Like that, that, like that would be a, that would be an interesting insight. You're yeah, right. On I just that. can't believe that doesn't exist in a, in a, in a, in a bigger fashion. There. Even rock band. Like yeah, you, you'll see groupy like fake groupy porn, and you'll see this like, as, as a golf fanatic. They have the I'm gonna go see the golf bro, and I don't know how to golf. And then next thing you know, we're having sex. Like, and it's always so. Che- that's what it is. Is like honestly, all that stuff's so cheesy. Quit lying to me. Just show me the hot chick, open the door, look at her. You know she's there to get the D. She can't wait. It's all over her face. Why is there even a door? Like, we don't need a door. Nobody needs to open the door. There she is. You paid her, for Christ's sakes. Just get to it already. Show me what I actually want to see. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Teresa will get you guys hooked up with $1,000 coming up at 1010. I'm at an impasse here, buddy. What you got? I, uh, so I played a little golf yesterday. Right. Not allowed to tell you who with because he lied to his work and his wife about where he was. <laughs> he played hooky from both his work and his wife. He was like, dude, whatever you do, don't rat me out. No, okay. Like, All right, so All I right. won't. But I played at the Elms okay. yesterday. And, dude, things are not good. Things are great there, by the way. The course is in fantastic <laughs> shape. No, it is. Okay. The, the course is in fantastic shape. Their greens are always really, really, really well done at the Elms. But my game is all over the map right now. It's just a bloody mess. And I actually called my buddy who had given me some lessons. He's a former professional player. And he had given me some lessons. My buddy HJ out at the Pines, Orville there. 
And I already hit him up this morning. I think he charges like $45 an hour. And I know he's not awake yet. And this is, <laughs> dude, this is how serious. No, I know he's not. And this is how serious I am. I texted him an hour and a half ago. I said, dude, when you wake up, you hit me back immediately. I got $45 in my hand. I need turned around. Things are bad. I don't know what I'm doing. And every time, he'll just take me like two things and be like, dude, move three quarters of an inch this way. Do this. Move your hands right here. Boom. Right back to perfect. And then I'm great for a month. Well, there you go. Maybe uh, maybe that's all you need. A little, uh, little mentorship right there. Sometimes you know what the problem is. You just need somebody else to say it out loud to you. I wanted... I, I always say it's like sitting down to your computer, typing in your password. You know you're right, but you just keep hitting the capitalization button when you shouldn't. It's like one of those kind of things, right? And um, I, w- I wanted to do it tomorrow, but it looks like rain. I wanted to be in the gym today because that's what I feel like doing is I feel like let's go lift heavy things. Let's swim. Let's sit in the sauna a little bit. Let's get out some of this anxiety we got going on. But the weather's supposed to be pretty bad tomorrow, so I kind of want to switch it up. But, dude, I played so poorly yesterday. I didn't even want Dude, honestly, I wanted to leave my clubs there. That's how bad. Well, Although, yeah, you know what? Most people, I don't think, would have thought it was that bad. I feel like it was that bad. Well, I'm sure you probably feel like if you're not gaining, then that's where the problem is. Where if you feel like you're stagnating yourself, then then then, well, then I understand the frustration. Is, is that you have a level that you play when you're playing well, and then you have this version of playing bad that's not so bad, it's just not good, and I can't even get that. Like, I'm playing, I'm not even playing my best version of when I play bad. It's just, dude, things are, I, I, and it's mental. It's all mental. Right. And, and by that, it's just, it's a, I, I said this yesterday multiple times. I was playing with my buddy, who, again, can't tell you his name because he was avoiding <laughs> his work and his wife. And, uh, and, and I said to him, I was like, the difference between when you do this well and not is that when you're playing well, you walk up and you don't think about it at all. Yeah. You just set the club down. You know what you're doing. You confidently step up to it, hit it and swing, and you're good. The problem is now is I'm stepping up over shots and I feel the question marks behind my eyeballs of, huh? All right. I don't know. Maybe How's this, this going to go? Who knows? Maybe this is it. Maybe try this. And it, dude, once you're experimenting, it's over. It's lights out. Well, I, I guess I think this is a problem that a lot of people deal with cried. in a lot of different fashions in anything where you feel like you need to be performing well. I think a lot of people get very caught up into quote unquote competition mode in the sense of I have to be at my exact best, do put forth my best nine, put forth my best 18, blah, 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 blah. And they have a much harder time transitioning and allowing themselves to be in practice mode where failure is okay and experimentation is okay and not, not living up to that expectation is okay. I think people have a hard time separating when and where they should be in those modes. If you're out there by yourself and you're switching stuff up and it's not working, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's okay that you went 10 over on that hole because like Ugh. dude, you're working but you're practicing, you're working on something there. Now, if you go out and, you know, you're playing in a foursome with three guys that you're trying to impress, you want to be in you want to be in performance mode there as opposed to practice mode. But when you go out there today or when you were out there yesterday, much like we were talking about the disappointment of when you don't get what you want in life as a child, sometimes you have to to be okay with dude i'm just not i'm I don't ju- have it today. I'm, I'm not i'm not there today right. that doesn't mean you should stop that doesn't mean you should stop pushing forward with this it's like just just allow it to be it's just really frustrating because like a couple of nights ago i was out on the driving range and it wasn't going great so but then i was like all right then i kind of found it then i started to hit my driver and i was smoking it 270 plus every hit, single hit half of a bucket full straight like that right then i go out yesterday and i'm hitting the thing 230 and off to the left and it's just like jesus 
You're never going to score well if you always have to hit underneath this goddamn tree. It was making me nuts. And, dude, when the course is in great condition like that, and again, dude, the Elms is in really good condition right now, having just played it yesterday. It's it, it's one of those things where it's just like, dude, you just want to get it. Dude, I had a nine on a hole yesterday. A nine. That is terrible, bro. Terrible. Yeah, it sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound good. Does yeah, it? you're. I did not. Bad. I did not. I did not fare well yesterday. So, dude, it's dude, it's less than time because, well, I just spent a bunch of money on, a, on, a, on clubs <laughs> and I want to hit them well. I think I had like four good swings yesterday, tops. I know it wasn't any more than that. I mean, it was just a very frustrating day. So I, I, I just, but I feel like, dude, that the, the, the gym is part of it. Um, I need to get back in it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that at the very least is, is 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 good for you because, number one, you feel better about playing golf when you're physically in better shape. Number two, um, it's a place for you to go define yourself outside of your golf game. If the golf right. swing's just not happening, last summer, Stansbury was wrecked for a week. Now, at least it's like you have somewhere else to go, you know, work well, that out. And I can definitely tell there is there's an increase in distance because, you know, my hips are stronger now and, like, in your thinner, so you can do, you, you can make the turn faster and like there's there there are benefits i have seen the benefits of the gym in the golf game it's just now i just need to get reset and it's all in my setup it always is and once i get it i'll i'll have it well again for about two weeks then i'll lose it again because i am mentally deficient my buddy matt always called me and again i'm using he hates when i tell him use his name on the air because he has guys who work for him who tease him about hanging out with me but he calls me a mental midget every time and he always makes me nervous when i play with him because i want him to be wrong and then I end up just playing more poorly, right, trying because to prove you're trying him wrong. to prove wrong, right? And then I end up turning around like fourth hole, and I tell him, "You're right, Matt. I'm a mental midget, buddy. Nothing I can do about it." It is the most frustrating thing in the world. Teresa will get you hooked up with a thousand dollars. That's at ten ten this morning. Aside from that, we are done. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, six a.m. on Rock one hundred six nine. Have a great day, guys. See ya. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock one hundred six nine.